it's really easy to sit in what you consider to be a doable, comfortable position, never seeking anything new, never seeking anything different. I mean, why would you want to experience anything new when the same old, same old is just good enough? You won't have to wager any of the good, any of the comfortable, any of the safe. Your expectations will always be met. You'll crave what is available, maybe even consider yourself a connoisseur of your surroundings. And to be honest, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's no better feeling than contentment, no greater kind of peace than knowing fully in your heart that you're truly satisfied. Overstimulation, anxiety, unsettledness, doubt. These things are so far from where you are that your daily life probably wouldn't even comprehend these things. But just like a small-town beauty that never fully grasps her potential, I'm afraid that many of us settle for the fine things in life. Not the finer things in life. No, no, no. Insert office reference here, you know, the, the finer things club. No, none of that. This is more like the meh things. The things that are like, eh, sure. In the South, too often, we confuse the slow-paced life with a life that centers around settling. Why push too hard to be a bother when we can just get along to get along? I mean, those people, they just tend to muddy the waters. They make waves. They meddle. I'm willing to bet that those people who live a truly comfortable, mild lifestyle have actively searched the world over to find what they truly love. They've seen the fast-paced world of New England and experienced the freedom of the West Coast. They've tested the snows south of Canada and have sweated their lives away down south. Those of us already down south, by the way, we call that kind of heat everyday heat. Just letting you know that. These people remind me of the genie from Aladdin. Voiced by the late Robin Williams, the genie tells Aladdin that Princess Jasmine is the best girl he will ever find, that he couldn't find a better girl if he ever searched the world over through thousands of years. He says, and I quote, trust me, I've looked. I get that. I can respect that. I can respect a person who has looked under every stone to discover what it is he or she really loves. I guess that means by default, the one that settles out of laziness and timidity isn't due the same notation. Is that fair? Whether or not it is, you only get one life to live. So why settle for mediocrity? Why not make the best of who you are and where you are? In central Mississippi, it's easy to write off the landmass as a backwards-thinking kind of people who just kind of live by a river. But if you pick off the scab, you'll see a thriving community of diverse people and diverse life. In this community, you'll find news sources chronicling the daily life of its people. And there are some new voices being heard as we journey along. Two of these voices are a pair of young women cutting new trails in news coverage. Rachel Richlinski and Waverly McCarthy. They're wonderful young ladies who are anything but meek, quiet, or timid. They sure know what they're doing, and they're doing it well. Remember, I've set out to find those people from all walks of life. I want them to impress upon me their stories, from those who get along to get along to those who make the waves that move the world forward. Everyone from who's who to who's that. I want to meet them all. Thanks for letting me come and invade your house. No problem. Yeah. All right. So tell everybody who, who we're dealing with since I can't see you. 
Well, I'm Rachel Richlinski. I'm the uh, lead sports anchor at WLBT and Fox 40, and I have my lovely roommate here. I'm uh, Waverly McCarthy, and I am the digital content producer at WLBT and Fox 40. Okay, so where where are y'all from? Are y'all originally from Jackson, or are y'all from outside of Jackson? I am. I'm from Jackson. I grew up here. Okay. Um, went to Ole Miss. Did my four years at Ole Miss, hotty toddy, and then uh, then came back here and started started work the Monday after graduation. Nice. And I came in shortly after her, pretty yeah. probably within a week or a two. Week or two, yeah. Yes, but uh, I'm from the Louisiana area, so I've moved around a bit thanks to Hurricane Katrina and my, my mother getting remarried. And um, but I graduated from LSU in 2016, and I was hired prior to graduating, which was a little nerve-wracking. I remember taking my finals, like, man, what if I fail finals? <laughs> yeah. Do I need to tell my new employer that that yeah. I'm not passing, that I'm not graduating? I got but, the job and was like, I guess I'll do. I need do to show anymore. anyone I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So graduated and uh, moved here right after, but I didn't know anybody here um, at the time. Because you were, you said you were at LSU, right? Mm-hmm. What uh, so, and you were at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. so good quality uh, <laughs> SEC schools, but also schools that have good journalism programs. Mm-hmm. What did you do as student, student publication kind of stuff? So I did Tiger TV, Tiger Television's what they had it. Actually, when I graduated high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, long story short, I think I had declared undecided and then maybe went into kinesiology because for physical therapy and then the day of orientation I was like what the hell am I doing this is (laughs) this is not you Rachel I knew I wanted to be in sports and I always loved writing and I just had this like moment where I walked by the journalism building it's like oh it's like almost like little angels were singing and so I walked in and asked you know how do I get involved somebody said sign up for tiger tv and that I was fortunate because I know a lot of people are not as lucky to just know before they start school what they want to do right. and actually stick to that and finish in four years. Okay. So I know that I'm really lucky in that sense. But Tiger TV was a great way to realize like, oh, this is kind of cool. This seems fun. I can do this. I'm right. decent at this. And then once I got my feet wet with that, then I kind of moved on to the interning part. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough. I know Ole Miss doesn't have this, which I've noticed that with yeah. a couple of students who have reached out to me for help. Places like Ole Miss and I'm a, maybe Starkville, Mississippi State Starkville too, has it a little better, but yeah. They don't have local television local te- in the market. No. Whereas at LSU in Baton Rouge, we had our sister station that I work for now, WLBT, it's kind of how I got hired. Yeah. I was technically already working for that company because I was interning. So I had, you know, the world was my oyster at that point because right. I had such a great opportunity with WAFB in Baton Rouge and I learned a lot from them. A, a lot like Rachel, I worked at Newswatch, which was this, the, the campus TV station and the Daily Mississippi in the paper. Um, and that helped. And, and like, yeah, we don't have, there's not a local TV station in Oxford, but Newswatch was the yeah. local channel yeah. in town and then the paper was the local paper paper for the area so it was a lot of exposure that I got to people um mm-hmm. but I didn't have that very you know real world um, tv experience because it was different it, it it's mm-hmm. very much not like how an actual news station is it's, it's so helpful and I learned so much but it's just very different so right. it probably would have been nice to maybe yeah. at least see just what i a, mean the software that literally just the the software that's used is different right. so i mean yeah. that was that was a a learning experience that i had to and every I had to go station after is I started. different too i mean i even spent a summer at wwl in new orleans so mm-hmm. a much bigger market compared to baton rouge and right. i was only there for a couple months a couple days out of the week of of those months too but just seeing how different it was and not that wafb was not serious but everyone was a little bit more serious right. there. It was, you know, I remember I, 
I borrowed someone's computer on the weekend. Like I, I sat at their desk because it was, I was interning and I just sat at this person's desk and I logged myself into my Facebook page. And I remember the Monday after this, this guy came up to me and he's like, don't you ever log yourself into that Facebook page again? Cause I had to log you out and then log myself back in. It's like, oh, the horror. Oh, man. But that just goes to show you, like, everyone, it was just way, way more serious there than it was in Baton Rouge. Maybe he just couldn't remember his password, and so he had to go through the whole thing. I think that's what, I think there was a little bit more building up to that, but I, yeah. That was one example of many. When, when, because I worked for the DM way back, like you're saying, you graduated in 2016. I graduated in 2007, and I was an English major, and I accidentally started writing for the paper. Cause it's, they were easy, t- it's easy to do that. Oh, it is, it is and it was great, And because they were tired of journalism majors, because they wrote very journalism style. And so I got to do features, because I, I, I talk too much, and I write too much. But the thing that I did notice a lot living in Oxford, and it's also the same thing I got friends in Starkville, is when you're so close to that state line, you've got... Memphis news coming down and Memphis weather and you know you learn far too much about um the what Germantown Tennessee which you're not accidentally (laughs) going to go to Germantown Tennessee and you know over in Columbus or in Starkville you're learning a lot that's going on in Alabama and it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily your market so I think with Baton Rouge being where it is you kind of got a better shot of doing that and then of course with Mm -hmm. New Orleans being New Orleans you get a better chance of doing that but I do love that you pointed out that the learning aspects of where you were, it's it, you're allowed to kind of screw up there as opposed to screwing <laughs> yeah. up in D.C. at ESPN Radio or something like oh, that. Really? Yeah, that's a big deal. We can dive deep into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, I interned in New York uh, the summer before my senior year, and it wasn't in news. Um, it was in public relations, but it was it was nice to sort of know what I was doing before I got there. Right. Yeah. So you went to school. You figured out what you were doing. Mm-hmm. So... Now you're working for uh, WLBT and WDBD. What what led you towards sports? Why not pick something else? Um, so I always tell people because sometimes people ask, "Have you ever considered doing news, or would you would you ever consider?" And my response to that for a long time has been, "I got into this because I loved sports." Yeah. And I know that's probably not the best answer because I love journalism too. But if I'm being honest, I got into this because I loved sports. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I'm the first in my family to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's a flight attendant. She loves her job. But this was kind of a whole new experience for my whole family. Yeah. And I was like, Mom, I, I don't know what I want to do with my life. You know, I, I always wished that I wanted to be a doctor or a nurse, something a little bit more yeah. um, secure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just you go to, you go to school. For, not that it's easy by any means. Look, I could, no. I know I would never make it through that schooling. But something a little bit more secure, like you do this then this happens and you get a job and that's it. Whereas obviously with journalism, it's a little bit um, sticky on if you're even going to find a job in the first place. That's a good, that's a good word. (laughs) I had a professor tell me that in a few certain words. (laughs) Yeah. So I just knew, like I mentioned earlier, um, day of orientation, I knew that I had only signed up for kinesiology because it was job security to me. It's what everyone was doing. All of my friends who are way more intelligent than me are all doctors and lawyers and this and that but um I was kind of just following their path because that's what my friends were doing and I just didn't know what else to do and um you know I remember calling my mom and I was like mom you know I've always loved writing um I think I should start looking into that more and then I think like the week of watching a game with my dad on the couch my stepdad 
And I had never really wa- paid attention to it before, but mm-hmm. I just saw the reporter. Obviously, yeah. you see them, but I just kind of saw it at this time. My my brain's in that mode of like, what do I want to do with my mm-hmm. life? And I was like, wow, that looks really cool. So I know a lot of people and a lot of women in the industry are like, oh, I've been wanting to be a sports reporter since I've been five years old. That's really not my story. Yeah. I don't think that means that I wanted any less than anyone else. It just kind of didn't hit me until yeah. I was 18. But having a background in sports, so you right. you played in high school. Right. So I played competitive softball and volleyball my whole life. The only reason I stopped is because I wasn't that good. I just really <laughs> wasn't that good, okay? I had the heart of anyone combined on that team. I yeah. wanted to play so badly, but I just was, was not gifted in that department. I feel you. So after high school, I had the opportunity to play at um, – at a community college, but it was, do I want to go to LSU or try to continue this softball thing? And right. for me, it was more important to just go to LSU. How, so I know I told you earlier before we started this, my little format, but I'm just going to jump around all over. Mm-hmm. So multimedia and online stuff, how in the world did you get into that? Like we were joking about earlier. So all you do is play on Facebook. Yeah, that's basically that's what my And is. all your job is, is clickbait, right? I'm a master. Master at She's also everyone's editor, too. Not part of the job, but she is. She's my editor. (laughs) But how do you see the multimedia world and everything that's digital? Because I'd rather, I've talked with my students about this, I'd rather look at something on my phone. I'm not Mm -hmm. picking up a paper ever. Mm -hmm. I made them buy a paper at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the year, and they're like, where do I get it? I was like, go (laughs) ask your parents. But what what benefits do you see inside the digital market of news and uh, multimedia entertainment and all that kind of stuff? Well, so unlike Rachel, um, I knew I wanted to be a journalist forever. Like I, my parents, every morning we watched the news, and I sat there and watched the news morning and night, and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to I want to be on TV. I want to do all that kind of stuff. And um, and I got really into sports in high school and played sports and everything. And and I was like, well, I could do sports journalism. This would be that would work. And um, so I went to, went to Ole Miss and everything, graduated, and I was looking for jobs, and I saw this digital content producer position, and I'm I'm a pretty good writer, and so that was, I was like, well, I can do this, and it's in Jackson, it's close to home, um, I can do this, get my feet wet, then go from there, and I got started with the job, and I fell in love with it, and I yeah. just don't think that I can see myself really doing anything else. Yeah. It's been so much fun. I get to write, so I write stories for our website, um, all kinds of breaking news. I do all of our social media with our team, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all that kind of stuff. It's a really cool way to connect with people because, you know, social media is, is so huge that you can connect with people in ways that, you know, weren't, wasn't possible before. Yeah. And you reach so many people and so many different kinds of people with just one little thing, and I think that's a really cool. You get that really instant cool. feedback, yeah. which yeah. can be great. And also, and really also terrible. We, we also took the really kids scary. to go see uh, <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph 2, and they're like, oh, Ralph, forgot to tell you the first rule of the Internet, don't read the comments. Never read the comments. Never read the comments. Yeah, so my <laughs> – we're supposed to go through our comments every day, and uh, we get <laughs> – thousands and thousands of comments oh, yeah. and it just breaks my heart honestly it's hard it's really tough to read and they're just mean people are mean why do you think that so this is a completely different little curveball why why do you think people have such a, a derogatory way of approaching people online i mean duh i know the answer to this this is like a john madden's question but <laughs> because they're not there because Those they're not there they yeah. would never, they would never say, say in your person, face i've had i've had people personally call me out say that they want my family to die in horrible car accidents they oh yeah they insult my intelligence my, I remember my probably my second week it was the first story I wrote um for the website and it was about a home invasion that was that was a little confusing it was basically it was like these 
teenagers planned to rob their friend and then the friend ends up shooting and killing one of the guys that was breaking into the house and so it was a confusing story it's it was hard to write and i posted it and um the first comments were like who is this person like wow how could you hire her there's no way she has above a third grade education just like mean things to write it's they just don't people don't realize that there's a person behind everything yeah and even even when they see the person on TV, they, they're they're not a real person. Right, you yeah. become a character. Yeah. You're a, you're a you're a creation. What do you? How do you? How do you push back that? As I reach over to grab some of this coffee <laughs> out of this darling. Literally, it says darling on the cup. I'm a darling. There's cream and sugar. Um, it definitely took a while to not let it get to you. Even when it wasn't about you, it was just all the negativity was hard to. Along with the negativity, like news is, news is not good usually right it's a lot of death it's a lot of destruction and so along with that that you just have to process you also have to process people actually attacking you and so you just have to you have to get a thicker skin really which has been which has been tough for me but you got to know that there are people that know you that love you that that would never Mm -hmm. say those things and you can't let you can't let the can't let the mean guys get to you how have the people uh that you've worked with with that are veterans at the station there's a lot of names that a lot of people know how have they helped you grow that skin and and realize you're professional do your job and literally forget all the haters i don't think they've had to deal with it as much because they're kind of new to this digital media world too you know so they uh howard blue you know everybody knows howard howard has been fantastic to me since since i started i remember when i had to do these anchor demos basically these practice run-throughs and God, I bombed the first three. I mean, it was so bad. And I'm like borderline tears. And he was like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to coach you through this. You know, so he's always been really great to me for that. But as far as like growing a a thicker skin, I don't know that he's ever, that he's experienced anything like that. Because I'm sure people have said stuff to him and he probably hasn't even figured out how to open it because he's like, you know, he's still like learning how to work some of these things. And I, I think that they do also, any kind of hate that they've experienced, before this whole social media thing was in real life and so they had to they had That's to deal point. with it yeah in like an actual reality kind yeah. of thing mm-hmm. and they just they just say you know that that person which i did see a thing with Mm -hmm. with everything that's been going on with the past election and everything um i saw somebody write a comment to maggie maggie wade who's a wonderful (laughs) human being yeah fantastic journalist (laughs) she's good and organized and she's a kind person and you know somebody was like i you know we always generally love what you say but i can't believe you said this and Mm -hmm. she just kind of seemed to be like okay and she just kind of moved on because people think that that just because just because you like me right doesn't mean you have to agree with everything right. that I say. You know, I even have that problem for podcasters I listen to on mm-hmm. the regularly. I agree with them probably 98% of the time and every once in a while they'll say something that I'm like, "Oh, I don't like that." And it does upset me because yeah. I feel like I know them and I feel like they're my you feel like my you're friends. friends with them. Yeah. I feel yeah. like they're my friends and I'm like, "Oh god, you guys feel that way? That's not cool. I don't feel that way." So I that's kind of what I relate that to is um, Yeah, they're in your ear and you don't yeah. necessarily get to give a voice back. But I think it's something smart. So what's so weird is you know, splitting the the age gap and the generation gap mm. that I'm going to put myself in your generation, even though I'm like 10, 12 years older now. That's fine. I've never been that person, but I guess I am now. Uh, that w- when we can kind of show the older generation new ways to do things and they can show us traditional ways to do mm-hmm. things, I think it allows us to learn the fact, like you were saying, that we're human beings mm-hmm. and people on, on TV, people on the radio, people on podcasts, writing, whatever, are people that at the end of the day, you don't have to agree. You can... Yeah. 
you can still hang out. And especially people in local media, it's because not only are they real people, they're people yeah. that live in live, work, spend their money in your right. community. They're at the Very grocery important. store at the same time mm-hmm. you are. They send their kids to the same schools you do. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about the the things that they've taught us. It's I think you can learn both. I, I well, like they can learn from us, and we can we learn so much from them. It's like mm-hmm. uh, I've been so impressed to see some of the you know veteran reporters embrace social media the way they have right and that's mm-hmm. been that's been really helpful to me and what i do every day right but also it's because just, it is it's yeah. a lot of extra work yeah. at the end of your day to like you've done everything you, you've done your reporting you've done your job let's yeah. go home but oh wait you have to post to the web you mm-hmm. have to tweet about it you have to promote yourself it is a lot of extra work whereas even for me sometimes i'm like oh I want to do this Waverly, but, and I'm young and I know it's part of the job, but I, so I can understand that if I'm frustrated, the older generations surely are annoyed. And then I think that they show us that, you know, you got to slow down sometimes and, and you, you get too caught up in that negative reaction that you get when you realize that, you know, you just got to do your job. And and if you know that you've done your job well and the people around you that work with, you know, you've done your job well, that's that's what matters at the end of the day. When I look at Howard and Maggie, it makes me think of just like, um, hard news by the book kind of way. Cause yeah. sometimes I think in the younger generation, we can get away from that because we're so wrapped up in, I know for me, storytelling, making things fun, almost making things that are clickbait. Cause you want people to click on right. it. But then if you circle, if you yeah. really pay attention in the newsroom and if, you know, I'll, I'll watch Howard and Maggie and them do their work and it's just so old school mm-hmm. in such a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's very much by the book, um, AP style. That's how you're supposed yeah. to do it. And that's pretty admirable i'd say ap style and i have a difference of opinion when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to oxford commas okay so oh. i oh. my seven-year-old knows what an oxford comma is and i can die happy Isn't she's good the one go. you said that i like that yeah okay so i was a the oxford comma and i have because i'm pretty have sure a, i use it if i'm thinking of it the right know? way yeah it's but see a, so i and I always forget which one it is, which is honestly. So in AP style, you do not use. You do not style. use it in AP style. And so style. Right. I always used it before I got this job, and then once I got this job, we were supposed to write AP style. See, they drilled us on AP style. And, yeah. You, yeah. So. And so I never. Now I don't use the Oxford comma. Yeah. And so like now when I see that it's not being used, I'm like, wait. <laughs> AP style, you do not use it. MLA style, which is what you know. When I taught English, that's what we used. Mm. Here's the rule. Here's the official rule. <laughs> for which one? For for the Oxford comma. Okay. For okay. MLA for style. MLA. Stay consistent. That's the rule. And I think I think I saw. If you use it great. If you don't, great. Yeah. Stay consistent. I think I saw that on Twitter. I guess Miriam Webster. You know how they tweet stuff like that all the time. I think that's the answer for a lot of things. Yeah. It, <laughs> it certainly you is. Just stay consistent. If you're gonna fine. do one, stay with that. I'm, stay with I'm a fan of it because you know it's always like if if you go to New Orleans and you see. Uh, the strippers mom and dad and you don't have that comma then you just <laughs> called your mom and dad strippers i just saw the strippers mom important. and dad you know an example. Could, this is the dorkiest <laughs> conversation we've had in a long time this is good um so speaking of age um i you're, you're both girls you're both females excuse me we got to be all politically correct uh you're young you're females and you're both in a um in a business that you called sticky it <laughs> could be here tomorrow it could not be here tomorrow mm-hmm. um you know you're saying you graduated and then you started work monday i graduated i graduated may 12th i started at the clarion ledger at may 14th immediately like that we yeah. something fell out of the truck on the way back from oxford right. and we just left and i went home because i had to go to work oh yeah i um so i got i started the job i guess may 21st or something like that did not move out of my apartment in oxford until june 30th mm-hmm. 
something. So, I mean, I was making trips back and forth to Oxford every weekend mm. getting more Just stuff. Just getting something. It sounds yeah. like we have pretty lucky stories in that yeah. sense, too. Yeah. Not everyone and I, has Yeah, because not everyone yeah. has that. And I, I use the word luck loosely. My mom has kind of gotten in on me for that before us. I say, mom, I'm so lucky. And she's like, Rach, I mean, you worked hard. Sure. You're lucky, but you worked really hard right. for this. So I use that word very loosely sometimes, but I do believe that in this industry, some of it is, it's just every, Timing. the stars have to align. I say that so much. Everything just has to be so perfect. Timing has to work out. You have to be prepared. You have to know mm-hmm. someone, all of that has to come into right. play in the end. Hence the word luck. Right. You can be lucky, but if you're not ready or qualified, then it's not going to work you out missed for an you. Opportunity. You missed that yeah. opportunity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think we got lucky, but I've heard, many stories of people I've graduated with who I looked up to when I was in school um, and they didn't get jobs for months. Right. And it was in much smaller markets. They had to move across the country, you know, um, making a lot less money, things like that. And I'm like, oh man, I got hired before I graduated. I interviewed for two jobs. So I do think that I got lucky in that sense that it's just this one job just really worked out for me. But not everyone is that lucky, so that's important to point out. <laughs> yeah, I, I interviewed for probably two or three. Yeah. And it was just, it was like, I was not going to, I mean, I was accustomed to a certain standard of living, mm-hmm. I guess you could yeah. say. I was not going to move to the middle of nowhere, Montana, to right. start a job making $18,000. I was like so... I, that was not going to happen. I was just ready to do that because that's what everyone tells you. Right. That's just what everyone told yeah. me. My um, my sports director, I believe he's still the sports director at WWL in New Orleans, Doug Mouton. Doug always joked with me every day that I went to that internship because his first job was in either North or South Dakota. Yeah. Every day, Rachel, you ready to go to North Dakota yet? <laughs> Are you ready to go to North Dakota? Yeah. I'm like, God dang it, Doug. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. But like, if Doug Mouton says so, then I guess yeah, I, have, I guess to. have to. You know, wasn't, that's that's what I was. Wasn't open one of them the Bison's? Was it? Is it South Dakota State? North Dakota? North Dakota State. North Dakota State. I say she loves Buffalo. I love Buffalo. I have I have a weird obsession with Buffalo. They got a good hockey team. Yeah. But so, how have you felt in such a sticky position, being young? and being female, specifically in sports, that people are going to look at you and go, you're just a pretty face. Why, what do you know about football spirals and all that kind of stuff? Oh, it's uh, yeah, what's a spiral. Um, <laughs> it's very frustrating. It's very discouraging. It's upsetting. It uh, makes me angry. Yeah. It keeps me from sleeping at night. Yeah. It's I hate it. I hate every part of that so much. But at the end of the day, all you have to do is just take that little ball of anger and just hope that you're at least, um, you know, maybe inspiring someone down the road. Right. Uh, if you have a daughter one day, then she can look up to you. Always look at um, Sarah Thomas. Thomas, excuse me. Yeah. Sarah Thomas, the NFL official who's yep. from Mississippi. From Mississippi. Um, her son plays for Northwest Rankin. And I didn't realize that until I saw her on a sideline a couple weeks ago. And I was like, wow, that is just so cool mm-hmm. to know that her kids she has a daughter and then obviously a son and yeah. i don't know how many other kids who are just looking up to her like my mom's an nfl yeah. official i can do anything i remember seeing so her I, at a clinton arrow football that game that is thinking, just so cool, That's cool. Yeah. you know so i think if um you know if she can do that then heck we can be reporters right yeah. i think the most at the end of the day the most frustrating thing for me is the argument of you can't talk about football because you didn't play football yeah my boyfriend's a reporter who has never played football. Right. But he doesn't get told those things because it's just assumed that because he's a boy, he played football. Right. And that's not, that's not how it works. You know, um, I didn't play football. They didn't have too many, uh, really (laughs) short, small football players. (laughs) 
I would I would have loved to have played football. I mean, I played every other sport when I was, you know, that young, so yeah. I don't see why not. I mean, hey, I can throw a spiral. You can't I cannot, but uh, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm equal in the sense that I'm as strong as someone out there on the football field, right. but that doesn't mean that I can't study the sport and spend my entire life studying it and researching it and talking about it and being around it to say that I know just as much, if not more than your average bear. So my favorite, I think what, uh, another infuriating thing is I always feel like I have something to prove to someone, Yeah. which in one sense, like, Oh, that's cool. But that's, that's really annoying. Yeah. Like, why do I feel like every time I meet someone and maybe, maybe that's an insecurity of my own that I feel like I need to you impress to someone or I have to yeah. like validate something, mm-hmm. but it's just, um, you know, it's just the feeling that I get when I meet someone and it's not every person I meet, but sometimes I get the vibe that, Oh, you think I just got this job because I'm pretty. Right. Or be, just because I'm a girl, when in reality, like that has absolutely nothing to do right. with it. And I just, I want you to see that because it's really important to me that people know um, that I am intelligent. Yeah, it's very important to me that you know that I am way more than you know a girl. Yeah, <laughs> than just a you know someone who's pretty. And that's um that's so important to me. And I just that's what I want people to take away whenever I tell my sports. If I have a sports cast and if I get a message on my Facebook page after that says how beautiful I am, I'm not happy. Yeah. Because that means you didn't listen to anything I right. said. If if you throw that in at the end, hey, you do such a good job. Oh my God, you're so pretty. Okay, sure, I'll let that slide. I can take a compliment. I'm right. not saying I can't take a compliment. I'm not saying you shouldn't give people compliments, but just be careful on how you on how you give them. One of my favorites, I think it was at the one of the basketball championships maybe last year or year before and it's always older people <laughs> oh me and my wife watch you and you know you really act like you know what you're talking about <laughs> you should see what i really oh. know what i'm talking about you know so my, yeah. my response to that is i'm not an actress but thank you this isn't you know people don't realize i i go to these games i shoot my own video yeah. i edit my own video i write my own video and so that means that, yeah, most of the mistakes are mine as well. And I have to learn to own up to those too, which that's sometimes hard. But um, there's a lot there, there's a lot more to be appreciative of there than just my appearance. Although that can be um, daunting at times too. Yeah. You know, I'd love, I always love playing dress up and who doesn't like to look their best every day. But that can be pretty, uh, pretty tiresome. You know, so some days you wake up late and you don't have as much time to spend on your hair. But <laughs> guess what? Everyone at home is going to know your hair looks Still like crap that yeah. day. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I... I like get our Facebook messages and people that say just that like things about people's outfits and stuff <sighs> on, on, on air and their hair and the way they say certain words. I'm just like, there are just so many other things yeah. going on that sometimes I don't even have time to look in a mirror before I go on right. air. Yeah. And, and that's the least of my concerns. And you don't realize that until you get into it. I, even interning, I remember being like, Oh, okay, well, you know, I'm sure you have like an hour before to make sure you look good. No. Until yeah. breaking news no. happens at four right. fifty-two and the show goes on at five. Right. Like, Who is it? Is it time. Dave that runs out that's always on location? Who um probably Patrick more than Dave. Oh, David Kenny. I'm sorry. David, David Kenny, sorry. Dave Roberts, yeah. David Kenny. I am a I'm a warm blooded, very hot natured individual. Like this temperature out here <laughs> last week was fantastic. I got out of the car and I was like, Oh my gosh, so it's, it's so hot. It's a little warm today. It's it's yeah. warm. It is yeah. very warm. I don't know how in the world he's comfortable because if I was in front of a camera, I would be soaking wet, but he's let's just go out there and just right. go. And I, you know, that last minute thing of let me get the words right. There's no script I'm reading. No script. I'm trying not to say, uh, every five mm-hmm. words. It's mm-hmm. harder than you think. Hey, you 
haven't said uh. I haven't. Uh, 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 I haven't. Everyone, everyone has that one word, and I bet you've realized it once you've gone back and edited these oh, yeah. things so many times. You probably pick up on word, one word that you say a bunch. Yeah. My word is absolutely. I don't think I've said it yet today. I said But I'm absolutely. sure it will come at some point. I, I almost stutter. Like, like I'll just repeat the word again. Yeah. To and it's a, not that like, it's just... It's just a, see, I just did it. Or, or saying, <laughs> absolutely. Like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Abs- every time I'm interviewing someone, if you could tell if I'm nervous, it's because yeah. I say absolutely. That was every time. I did a, a sideline report for uh, the football team, and I kept saying, absolutely, absolutely. I, we went well, where break, that comes from, I have no and idea. The, the, the guy that was doing our play by play said, um, pick another word. <laughs> I said, I said Absolutely, Absolutely, I will. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then I had a little counter every time I said it. Um, so That's funny. You can see when I do edit, uh, the uh, it's got a certain pattern that I can see the uh, and so I just uh, find that. And it, uh. That very much helps. I might put that one in there. Being young, being a female, in a, uh, a job, in a, uh, 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 in, a, um, <laughs> in a business that is so sticky, like we said, how do you play into that fact on the other side of the brain of the market? I mean, Jackson, Mississippi is not a massive market. Mm-hmm. It's a good market. There's a lot of stuff going on here, mm-hmm. but a lot of breaking news. Lots of breaking news and all that. You know, we've seen people come, we've seen people go, seen people go back to different places that they've been before. What makes you think that you should or could stay or leave? It's yeah, it's very Which is different. Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think um, somebody once told me by the name of Annie Costable. To she's good bloom. hanging back out in Chi Town. <laughs> Come bloom, back and visit Annie. To bloom where you're planted, and to just really stay grounded where you are. And I think my first, even now, it's sometimes I have to just remind myself of it. But definitely my first year, if not my first two years, yeah. and I've been here about two and a half, not even, um, was always about what's next, what's next, mm-hmm. what's next. I didn't even care about what was in front of me here. I was more worried about what was next. Um, and that can make you pretty miserable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, I was anxious all the time. I was anxious, nervous, anything you could think of about not enjoying, not your, enjoying your yeah. life. I yeah. mean, you know, it sucks. We're in our early 20s. Yeah, yeah, it sucks that I moved somewhere where I just didn't know anyone and, and this and that. But I was, you know, too worried about that the whole time. Like, oh, I'm in Mississippi instead of just being like, hey, I'm in a pretty cool market and I'm not that far from home. And there's a lot of young people in this market that I that I am friends with and that yeah. I can be friends with if I just put forth the effort yeah. into into building these relationships with these people and just enjoying the market that I'm in. Yeah. Um, so that was difficult for me at first. And, and then I got really lucky with the group of people yeah. that we were here with. That, that were all, all of us that were here when we, we started. We all started about the same time, all fresh out of school. And some people have left, but it's been, I mean, we had a really, mm-hmm. we, ha- we still have a really good group. Cute, like a, a cute. <laughs> to say a close a close-knit we're cute too a a (laughs) close-knit um group so anyway but for me I know that I personally don't want to stay in Mississippi and I can say that because I think my employers know that I I don't want to stay here forever it was nice and I'm so so incredibly thankful that this was my first market because I know for a lot of people this is their second if not their third or forever market for me, though, um, I'd either want to get back to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. If, if I were going to stay in Mississippi, to me, it's why not just go to Louisiana, right. a New Orleans or a Baton Rouge market. Right. So that's just my thing because I have a small family, but at the end, it's still my family. So I'd right. still rather be in state in that sense. Um, but I just have a lot of traveling left that I want to do. My mom is an international flight attendant. She's lived all across you know, however many, many states. And, um, I'd really like to follow that path and just try a bunch of places. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
if I go up north and decide I hate the cold, then I can always come back home. Which but I guarantee it's going to happen. It's yeah. probably going to happen, <laughs> but I'm just the kind of person that if I don't do it, I'll never know. We always laugh when the football recruits go to visit Michigan and Ohio State. <laughs> they all go in September. They no. never take them in hey, November. Hey, Gardner Minshew worked out for him. I, uh, my junior year of high school, I went and visited Northwestern, fell in love with it. Yeah. I visited uh, July 4th weekend, and my dad said, are you sure about this? Do you know what, like, yeah. I don't, are you ready for January in Chicago? <laughs> I still don't have a winter coat. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking for one. No. <laughs> That, that's, I guess, my, my short-term answer on the Mississippi market. But overall, sports market-wise, it's fantastic. Because, again, I've had friends who started and had a friend that went to Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I don't know what the sports are like there. He got to cover a couple of um, pro Yankees teams, games. though, so that was great. But, um, you know, I had another friend in, <laughs> in Palm Springs, California, uh, yeah. I believe. You know, about. and then another friend who's in Honolulu right now, which yeah. is a wonderful market. I mean, who wouldn't want to live in Hawaii? But if you look at the sports, you know, so there's just so many things to gamble with. But as far as like Jackson, Mississippi, my first job, I covered two SEC teams. Yeah. At the end of the day, not case many, closed. Not many people get to say not that. Not many people get to say that's that. True. That's awesome. Pretty good so. running back from a little town <laughs> called Clinton. That's all right. I mean, he's pretty impressive. I he's mentioned right. that in my new bio. Yeah. I said, because I, I start at the college level and then I go down as far as uh, noteworthy things that I've covered at the high school level. And I mentioned See, Cam Akers. And <laughs> even, even kind of pulling that in, you know, with Cam Akers, Cam White, Jacoby Hearn, mm-hmm. that group that I got to know as a teacher. Um, and see them go off and do their thing. A lot of those kids went to JUCOs, and now they're getting offers to go around the country. It's mm-hmm. kind of it kind of reflects and mirrors what what I've watched with all of your group. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone from uh, Annie and Courtney and you and you, <laughs> two people here, um, and Will and everybody. Right. Now I know, like I know these people that are hanging out in Chicago. Right. Will's following Florida. Mm-hmm. Courtney's doing her thing all over the world. Yeah. And it's it's really cool to see that and to think. Mississippi has no market. No, 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 oh, yeah. no. Look, look what was created. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's good to right. know that, you know, when, when the birdies fly away, that but there's a consistency of good little birdies coming back in to kind of take over. Right. And, and there's a, a consistency there for, yeah, for the consumer. Yeah, I feel like you're always in good hands. And that's, that's good to point out, too. I just talked to my mom about how tight-knit that community is. Yeah. You know, we really do all know each other. And when I yeah. think about, like, wow, I have a friend in Chicago. I have a friend in, in Gainesville. And I have a friend in Charlotte. And this and that. All that I've yeah. met in the last two years. Right. I mean, so I have great friends in Baton Rouge. Don't get me wrong. But the best friends I've made in my life so far, I've met here. So I think that says a lot. Yeah, I think I think people give Jackson a bad rap. And I mean, I grew up here. Yeah. Um, and if you had told me even six months before I graduated that I would be back in Jackson working, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. Because this was never in my plans. You know, I don't know if they did it when you were at Ole Miss, but a lot of I would introduce myself and say, hey, I'm from Jackson. And they would they would ask me, prep or J.A.? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they would say, oh, well, you live in the center of the universe. You think Jackson's the greatest place in the world? And I was like, well, no, I don't. <laughs> right. But coming back here has been so great. And I think a lot of it has to do with I love my job. Yeah. And I love the group of friends that I've made. Yeah. And um, that's been awesome. And, you know, I've had opportunities to leave. And it's just that, that I love what I'm doing here. I love the people that I'm working with. And I love – I feel really valued at – at my workplace, which I think is really important mm-hmm. for somebody, you know, just in, in everybody in their job. Um, I'm only going to leave for something that's better. Yeah. You don't be- want to leave a better opportunity. Yeah. What, I said that for a long what time. That, what were they saying in Startville? Uh, Lateral move. Lateral move. <laughs> that's it's a pretty good I don't know what that means. <laughs> but I don't know what that yeah, means. Yeah. It's a really good, um, 
ice cream thing Custard, at, whatever at it was. Yeah. That is that, the yeah, lateral move. I, yeah, my brother-in-law had it. All right, last question, and I'm gonna let y'all actually like get back to your life. <laughs> you have one final interview. Who is it? Hmm, let me think about this one. I think I think there's so many different like subjects, like yeah. mm-hmm. categories you could go. I would probably say Derek Jeter. Okay. Honestly, Let's just get. To, I want to get to know Derek Jeter the as, captain. A, as a person. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Erin Andrews. Okay. Because she kind of um, it, and I say that almost as if I shouldn't have said it because I really don't like when I meet people and I tell them I'm a sports reporter uh-huh. and the response is always, oh, you want to be the next Aaron Andrews? Like, really, do you not watch TV? There are plenty right. more reporters, women reporters that are not Aaron mm-hmm. Andrews. So that's, I cannot stand this pet peeve of mine. <laughs> but she was kind of the first. Right. And, the, and the especially one that really blew girls up. our age. Yeah, and so yeah. she's someone that I did watch and somebody I've, I've never had the pleasure of meeting, so I'd always love to meet her. And um, I'd really like to talk to her about all the things that went on with her peeping Tom yeah. issue and, and how she handled that and, yeah. and um, you know, the responses to people saying it was a publicity stunt mm-hmm. and things like that and, and how she kind of we didn't land on the moon either so it's fine. yeah so to just <laughs> See, kind of uh, that that's another thing to show that like people don't realize that these are real people these are real people right. you know this really she cried in a courtroom like mm-hmm. this is a real thing mm-hmm. that happened to her and i'd really like to um like really get to know how she was able to battle through that and yeah. and, and still appear, and come out on top yeah and still still be erin andrews that i bet a lot of people have even forgotten about that right. instance, which is great I'll because I'm sure she, again, right? I know I say, I'm sure she wants people to forget about it. But for me, <laughs> I know that every time I watch her, I personally think like, wow, she is so strong to just know that like those kind of images were taken and, um, against her will and, and to just be on the public display and for people to actually think that she wanted that to happen makes me so sick. Um, and not to talk <laughs> about her looks, but did you see that red jacket she was wearing last night in the game? Beautiful. Oh my God, it was beautiful. Uh, that, I've, I've never felt more 34 years old than I do right now. All right, well, uh, be safe going to Hattiesburg. Thank be you. safe um, on Facebook. On Facebook. <laughs> Waverly. Hey, down, oh, down, you gotta, you gotta download our app. Yeah, download the app, WLBT, uh, MS News Now, WDBD, all the things, all that. All right, cool. I'm going to turn this off. (laughs) Far too often, the easy thing to do is dismiss the younger generation as they try to play at adulting. Aren't you just the cutest? Now sit down, honey, and let the grown-ups get back to work. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but the kids are growing up. 2035 is closer to us than 1995. Wrap your head around that for a minute. When you think 30 years ago, no longer do the 70s suffice. Gen Xers are becoming veteran professionals, and millennials are officially on several boards of directors. It's time for us to be comfortable at testing new waters, and not simply to get what we get. And with the crew of reporters coming out of various journalism schools across the country, the world of journalism is going to change. But the change is in good hands. But like LeVar Burton used to say way back in the day, don't take my word for it. Go and find out for yourselves. Check out our new website, hairpinmedia.com, where you'll be able to find a link to content that's put out by Waverly and Rachel, as well as links to other episodes and notes on my time with my guests. This podcast is a production of Hairpin Media and is put together and hosted by me, Robert Chapman. If you know someone who's got a really cool story, hit me up on Twitter at ChapmanRobert. Special thanks goes out to Rachel Richlinski and Waverly McCarthy for spending some time with me and talking about the media world from their perspective. 
Our song is Naked and Red by Color Revolt. If you've enjoyed the journey, subscribe and share what you've heard, and be sure to leave us a review. Be on the lookout for more, and keep your heads up for your own chance to meet anyone you can, from who's who to who's that.